0: Greetings, family. Welcome. Always good to check in with you all. It's been a while, but you know I have to plan the surprises accordingly. So I am sitting here with a good friend of mine. I met him when I first came to the Gambia, and you all have heard me talk about his tours before. So he's going to give you a little more detail about what he does and what he's working on and how you can be a part of it as well. So I'm going to pass the mic to my brother, Yaya Barry.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gents, uh, boys and girls. Um, um, Like Andrea said, I'm Yaya Barry, um, a birdwatching guide by profession, and uh, president of the Gambia Birdwatchers Association. And I've been birding, you know, for 26 years throughout the Gambia and Senegal in search of subject and rare finds. And um, I've attended international bird fairs and I've given lectures in international bird fairs on parts of the Gambia and Senegal. Uh, at the moment, you know, being the uh, uh, president of the Gambia Birdwatchers Association, as you may know, uh, Gambia is the smallest country on the mainland Africa, uh, of which is um, 11,300 square kilometer, of which. is wetland, Uh, very rich with bird life, Uh, one of the famous places for birdwatchers in West Africa, Uh, with the home to nine different kingfishers, whereby the whole South America have only four kingfishers. And uh, we are home to the big five. We don't have the big game, but we have the big five of the bird species, which is the giant kingfisher, the Varus eagle owl, the Goliath heron, the uh, uh, Abyssinian ground hornbill and the northern carmine bee-eater, plus some classic birds like Egyptian plover, pelts facing owl, uh, African fin food, you know, um, the list goes on. Uh, at the moment, you know, we're taking over office as the president of the Gambia Barrogers Association. I have a big challenges, you know, you know, to face. And uh, these uh, challenges are you know, how to work on with uh, stakeholders, especially the Gambia government, the Forestry Depart- Department, Department of Parks and Wildlife, in conserving more nature. Gambia, the main source of to- income is tourism, and uh, we don't have much to offer. Uh, you know, apart from the eco tourism, which is you know the bad watching, and it is the most sustainable tourism of the Gambia. And uh, how can we maintain that? Is the you know to preserve more areas for conserve more areas for nature. And the only way to do this is to you know involve the local communities and the students who are the future generation able to you know sensitise them and educate them about the importance of nature, as we always say, there is no life without nature. And uh, uh, doing this is uh, is a big task to us, you know, and we need a lot of support in doing this, you know, through funding, you know, uh, equipments, you know, like binoculars, telescope, you know, even school materials, you know, because we're trying to do some. But in sketch, whereby this can be taken to schools, you know, whereby kids can draw them, you know, color them in full painting and also, you know, even, in you know, uh, books as well is needed because we are trying to build um, education and you know, research center. Uh, to you know educate people you know because we do have you know people coming from the university and asking us some questions about migration and other you know questions. So with this education research center will also help. So regarding the, uh, the the conservation there are key areas you know which are very important you know for us especially the Kauru wetland uh, some of the water holes and the pier stream swamps these are areas of interest where we wanted to preserve so that you know to protect some of the rare species which are uh, get rare in the Gambia like the Black African Black Crown cranes um these are get rare and other species as well and this wetland are areas where they are uh, used to be found and now they get rare because of you know uh the, 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 the human population and the you know building you know housing estates you know logging and deforestation these are a major concern you know in in the Gambia at the moment and I think some of the European borders can witness to that because you know the past 10-15 years most of the coastal areas have been lost due to, you know, the, you know, estate developments, you know, housing development in the, you know, coastal area, and then we want to act quickly so that we can preserve some of the areas in the middle river of the Gambia and even for the inland before all these activities will get over there. So we will need some support and some funding, if possible, from any interested person.
0: Okay. Thank you. Oh, you are so welcome. Uh, One of the things that I wanted you to mention was um, I know when I first met you, I kept telling you as a diaspora and coming to Gambia that there were all these birds that would come to my window. And I almost felt like I was being disrespectful because I didn't know what kind of birds they were. But I knew there was spiritual messages for me. And um, I was like, I need to go on a bird tour. And no sooner than I had that thought, I ended up meeting you at turntable. And you told me that you did bird tours. And I was like, I gotta go.
1: Um,
0: I remember mostly about the bird tour was that it was a really good rate, right? You're not outrageous with your prices. And that it was so thorough. Like you walked me until I was just like, okay, I'm ready to turn back Mm -hmm. now, I'm tired. (laughs) You know, um, and you mentioned to me that you help people who are trying to break the world Guinness Book of Records.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes, I've uh, been bonding with a lot of, you know, keen birds, you know, who have big records in their list, you know. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they, according to, you know, uh, researchers, um, there are about 10,000 number of species in the whole world.
0: And how many does
1: Gambia have? Gambia have 670, including Ooh. migrants, you know, and some of these migrants are increasing every year. With change of climate, we're getting more migrants coming over. Uh, we are home to 570, then a total of 670, including the migrants. And a small country like Gambia of 11,300 square kilometer, Right. And of which 10, 20% is wetland. And then Gambia is the um, only country in West Africa with almost about 100, you know, uh, members of the association and all these members of this association are all, you know, professional bird guides. So, so it's only Gambia, you will come and get a guide easily and, you know, see what you wanted.
0: So they are certified bird guides?
1: Yes, yeah, certified bird guides and we, you know, scrutinize them, you know, we examine them and, you know, this has been going on since in the late 80s. Is there a but membership? then you know, then it's not you know, the big number but because of the sensitized people as you may know, yeah. Gambia yeah. is not a big country with lot of job opportunities compared to right. you know, the other part of the world. Uh, but, you know, because of sensitizing people with the, you know, training people on this natural and local areas of interest, and some of these people have became, seen this bird watching as a profession, and that have really helped in protecting some of the area. Because what we normally do, we go to these areas of interest where we have, they have a patch of forest or a wooded area near the community, and we will preserve this area. And then, you know, we are the suppliers. We go with the buyers. We know where to find what. And then we will take the customers to these areas and we have a gate fee, like a payment to go into these areas. And this fee will go, a percentage will go to the community, mm-hmm. communities. And then other percentage will go back to the association to put back into the uh, forest, like, you know, to put up, you know, maintenance or, do some wooden fencing to stop animals going in for grazing and then you know pay some locals to be able to look after the forest for people coming and doing some logging as you may know. Gambia, you know, people majority of the people cook with firewood. And now firewood is getting scarce. So, you know, people use if any opportunity they can get and nip into the forest see, even in the protected areas. To cut fire, what they will do. Mm-hmm. So these are something, you know, we put back this money into the forest as well. So leading tours with these big, you know, people with big list, you know, throughout, and some of them cannot believe, you know, the skills and talent Gambian Guides have in finding the birds for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Especially you, like I remember you <laughs> doing uh, bird calls and, and the birds responding, and you were able to aim the camera. Right at them, and you have the most up-to-date equipment as well.
1: Yes, um, but many people will think you know. We always keep asking me, you know, how do I able to see some of these species? You know, how come do I know they are already there? Or you know, some will say I have a hawk eye, or you know, I've had all sorts of things. But it's just because it's the training in anything I think, you know, the more you do it, you know, the more you get familiar with it. And of course, this is something I've been doing since at the age of 18. I've been interested in birds at the age of 12. Right. And at the age of, you know, 16, 17, I started leading tours throughout the Gambia and Senegal. Mm-hmm. So it's something which is a passion and, you know, I've loved it, you know, from, you know, the, you know it's the only game I have, you know. Yeah. And a hobby. It's a, it's, a, it's a job for me, but it's a game for me and a hobby for me as well. Well, that's cool yeah and um, so you have to learn the songs you know because you are already in the woods you are more familiar with the songs and you are more familiar with the flight patterns of the birds mm-hmm. of different you know families so it's you know easier for us to able to tell which bird is calling because we are familiar with the sounds of the uh, each of the birds right so i can hear a bird without seeing it i can know exactly so-and-so is over there. Oh, I can know so-and-so is in this tree because I've had it. Wow. So I will just try and look and locate it out. So some people not believe it. How do you know it is there? But because I've had it, oh, sometimes the eyes are used to scanning a tree. In a, within seconds, you can like what you see in the whole tree. Somebody who is not very familiar with it would not like. The day we went to that Koto Creek, you would walk, come and walk past all those species. Because you don't have the interest, you will not realize we have all those species within that short area within that short, you know, environment. But with the interest, you know, and with the guide, the amount of species you can see in a short area, you will be amazed of, you know, wow, all these birds are here, yeah. Yes. But because if you are not noticing them, you are not into it, you will not know. You will just come walk past. You will not hardly you know how many species are around the area. So this is something you know the more you do it the more you get family and it, the more you get used to it and of course it takes a lot of training because right. and a lot of research a lot of reading and then playing sound listening to songs you know bad songs and get yourself you know get used to the songs but so this is you know how it goes
0: so one of my questions uh, was when you were talking about the members of your organization, is there a membership fee
1: yes. to be
0: part of the organization?
1: Yes. We, every all these members had to pay an amount of you know fee to be able to have a say, because you know as an organization you know the membership makes you to be who you, to be a member, and then the membership fee makes you to be to have a voice. You know, and then this membership fee because this is a third world country. If you want to make it a bit dear, a bit expensive, not many people will pay. So we make it very reasonable, which is like, you know, 500 which is like, what, $10 or £10, roughly around there, and then for each member every year. So at least, you know, and then we make, you know, like cards for every member to have and then we also make uniforms, you know, and then we sell this uniform to our members to wear during, you know, bad in and then, you know, we also have, you know, souvenirs like teasers conserve Kotu Koto, because these are one of the areas we wanted to conserve. Some of this money are used to buy dust beans, you know, and put in these areas of interest, whereby liters can be put in these areas, or some of the trucks in this, you know, Koto or the wooded areas are used to, you know, to make because we have group of partners coming all over the world. So some of them come in a big group, like ten up to nineteen or fourteen. You know, eight. So some of the tracks have to be made. So some of the money we generate, you know, we uh, we use this money to create to fund the parts, and then also after the rain, every after uh, rainy season, as you may know. We are a tropical country and very heavy of downfall of rain, even though we have it only three months in a year. But um, it really pours down well and by the end of the rainy season, which is the beginning of the tourist season, which is the end of October, it's grasses everywhere. The grasses is very tall and which makes life, you know, difficult working in these tracks or in these, you know, wooded areas of interest. So we used some of these monies to pay the locals to be able to clear the passports so that we can have easy access to walk around and do our job easily.
0: Okay. So I, I want to add that uh, going on the bird tour gave me a new appreciation for nature. Because I, I realized prior to that, that I was walking around in the world like it was only for humans. Right. You know, people have pets, but you still feel like they're an extension of the human, right? Yeah, yeah. But birds have like their own world, Absolutely. their own language, yeah. um, even the way they mate. Yeah. And, you know, um, it, it's just strange to watch. For me, I think one of my biggest joys is looking at the nest, I am amazed by the talent that goes into how they weave these nests and how they gather things, they fly distances, uh, bringing food and things like that. So I'm even at a point where I started with why are these things coming next to me so close to now I'm actually leaving breadcrumbs out. Because you remember me calling you like... Should I be doing something? They keep coming to my window, yeah. and I left the bread out. And initially, they didn't do anything, but once the bread got the right texture, yeah. I saw them coming and carrying it to their nest. So I, I just want to thank you You're for okay. exposing me and opening my mind to the world of birds. And I, I just want everyone to know what it's like because it's like a whole different dimension.
1: Yeah, Biden become, you know because Biden you know. Um According to research, you know, but, you know, people before used to shoot the birds mm-hmm. for even for research purposes, yes, and even for artificial. Even the pharaohs in Egypt, the rich men in Europe, you know, they used to shoot birds. Mm-hmm. I think it was until you know in the late you know 17th century, early 18th century, mm-hmm. where you know some of the. You know, Influential people came up with, I think one of them is Tim Backhead, you know, it's American, and um, came up with, you know, to observe the birds instead of shooting them. So, this is how bird watching is. In fact, it started as bird observation, and then you know, people came say, Bird watching was called some call it birding, and birding became very interesting, and then. And then, you know, people travel the world or, you know, see different rarities throughout the world. And it involves a lot of traveling and a lot of walking. And any colors you see on Earth is on bird species. Say that again. Any color. Any color you can think of on Earth.
0: On Earth. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Is in bird species.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Any color. I would say. Any color.
0: So can we... Now see, now we're gonna get into a little science. (laughs) If every color on Earth is in the bird species, is that because it's really an illusion, right? I think that the way the light reflects Mm. on the bird's feathers makes us think Mm -hmm. that it's a certain color, when in fact, it may not be that color without the sun.
1: Yeah, sometimes the sun, like, you know, some of the species have this metallic color on them when the sun reflects on them, you see them in a different way. Yes. But, you know, some of them have the natural color, you know. So that's why I said to you any color because even metallic colors are on birds. Yes. Like very shiny, you know, glossy, you know, colors are on bird species. It's true. And um, and the more the sun reflects on them, the more they give you a different, you know, look of color. Right. And uh, also, you know, not only the color, uh, birds also have different families, like we have families, mm-hmm. and you know you have, and they also live in different habitats. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you know, you have birds migrating from, you know, what we call, mm-hmm. palearctic migrants, birds flying from, uh, Europe to Africa, and we have what we call intra-African migrants. You know, these are birds uh, traveling within Africa. And all these species have different habitats. There are sow birds, you have seabirds, you have woodland birds, you have uh, forest species as well, you know. You have desert species, you have mountain species, you know. All these are families of different habitats, including vultures, eagles, doves. These are all categories of families. And all the weavers, you know, and all these families have different, different. You know, of them, if you say weavers, it's all, not only one weaver, mm-hmm. you have like, you know, maybe, you know, like in Gambia here, it's like more than nearly 10 or more different weavers. When you say kingfishers, it's not only one kingfishers. We are home to nine different kingfishers.
0: Okay. So if you had to say which bird you would see the most in the Gambia, which one would you say has the largest number?
1: Um, but in Gambia, here, um, um, around the coastal area, you will say the village weaver.
0: Okay, that's the little, the villi- yellow, little
1: yellow one? Yeah. In the little yellowy one, yeah. In this time of year, which is the non breeding, mm-hmm. they look a little green, yellow, greeny, yellow. Yes. Yeah, because of the out of breeding plumage. In the breeding plumage, which is the wet season, which is from June, July to October. Right. That's the time they breed, that's the time the male will be in full, you know, breeding plumage. Whereby they have that rich yellow on him and a black hood and the female too will be slightly yellower than it's normally now.
0: So, see this is really interesting because uh, the breeding plumage you yeah, called it, yeah. I noticed it on the bird that um, I think generally it looks brown, yeah. but when the male, it, when it's time, to breed the male kind of puffs out and looks like it has a red afro and the back of it looks black and so that's when i know this must be breeding time because they look like i think that would be
1: the bishops because the bishops you know Mm -hmm. at this time they totally look just you know gray Mm -hmm. both male and female Mm -hmm. and uh, in the breeding plumage it's amazing the combination of that red and black on them
0: yeah, i the pictures amazing, of them. Just mm-hmm. amazing,
1: you know, with the colors on them. Yes. So, you know, and not only the bishops, like the widers, you know, and um, weavers, and uh, what else again? who um, comes in pretty poor, yeah, the widers, weavers, and what else again, bishops, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in the, uh, and of course, you know, coeliers, you know, coeliers, we have them inland. Quiellias are the largest number of bird species in the world.
0: Wow yeah so what Qua- makes the, Qualia, the plumage, hmm? What makes the plumage change color? Is it a hormone
1: that um. changes
0: the color like that?
1: I think it's just when they come, um, you know, um, I haven't got that much knowledge on that one. But yeah. I think, you know... I'm thinking too,
0: it's a chemical in the body
1: at uh, that time. I think it's because the breeding plumage. you know, especially because in most of the cases in this bird species, the male mm-hmm. look more colorful than the female. I've seen that. For some reason, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, it's to attract the female. Who knows?
0: That makes sense because isn't that the case with peacocks? Exactly. It's the male peacock that has the beautiful plume, In vibe. most
1: cases, because even in the fe- in the bishops, mm-hmm. it's the male which is more colorful. When it comes to the weavers, it's the male weaver which gets more color, get all the colors. Yeah. And even without the non-breeding, you know, ones. Yeah. Like you know finches mm-hmm. and other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will see most of them, you know. The male will be more like, for example, the red cheek cordon blue. It's more, they're all blue, but the male has the red cheek, but the male is more, you know, colorful than the female.
0: That's interesting. So,
1: in most cases, even in the non breeding ones, you know, the male are always in more, you know, outstanding colors yeah. than the female, even they, if they see the same color. That's beautiful. In most cases, the male are always more colorful, you know, than yeah. the female. So I think it's maybe, you know, it's to attract the female, especially at meeting, mating you know, breeding, breeding time.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've covered just about everything. We've talked about bird plumage and breeding season. Yeah. Um, we've talked about the need for support for your organization so that you all are able to build this conservatory, right? This yeah. research center, educational center where young people can come, learn, and even people who want to learn about birds would be able to take classes and be able to utilize the library there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At the moment, you know, we, um, I just took office last October, but my, um, main intention is with my colleagues, with my executive, is not only this, but this, uh, is to, we don't have any of these right. in the Gambia. So we want to have one around the coastal area, because we have a small office around the Kotu Creek, which is the famous Kotu Creek, yes. and it's the only green belt in the whole KMC region, Yes. and we're trying to conserve that. We are nearly there, and conserve in this area as a, you know, a natural reserve. Nice. And then, you know, but we are in, you know, in line with the Gambia Tourism Board. Yeah. So they own most of the land around the sea for tourist development. So we are trying to tell them look, you know, you need to offer something to the tourists. Before building everywhere hotels, you need something to entertain the tourists with. Right. And the main thing of that for Gambia to offer is bad watching. So and Koto Creek is one of the famous you know, places for birding in the Gambia. People believe you, know, you can take hundred species in a day just around the Koto Creek wow. in that small area, including the golf course and the cycle track. So we have a small office there, so we have a, a space nearby and we have spoken to the GT board, you know, where so that we can able to look for funding and build this education center, set education research center. But not only at that area, we want to build smaller version of it in all the region. Is to make the you know local communities aware of the importance of nature, right? Because of you know, if we don't act now, uh, very soon we will lose all the remaining little patches of woodlands or forests because of the speed of the uh, housing development in the country, yeah. With you know European and. Uh, moving out to Africa to settle and people coming to invest in gardenings you know and buying hectares of land Well kilometers and it's of not land. just
0: Europeans right because mm. we're talking about the African diaspora
1: exactly. is
0: pouring in exactly. and buying up exactly. these properties exactly. as well I think what's cool about your idea to have a like a sort of a reserve in each community, in community. and that it makes the community self-sufficient as exactly. well. They have exactly. a way to employ the people that are in the villages exactly. and in these areas.
1: And then with these, uh, these small education centers in all the regions, and, you know, we can train people in these areas yeah. whereby they'll be responsible in the in areas of interest in their areas yeah. because, you know, moving people, through, you know, that way. They are taking care of their own thing, Yes. and the money coming in is going to generate their population. So mm-hmm. that way, they will get to understand that you know, if you sell a land for a house, and that you having the money once and for all, and then you know, the next minute the money is finished, and that's it, you lose your land and don't own it anymore. For right. some of these areas of interest, when we preserve them, if they're still own it, it's not owned by us. It's gonna be just that. that you know, it's not gonna be used for anything apart from being natural reserve. Right. So we're not gonna be owning it. You're right. gonna be just managing it. It's owned mm-hmm. by the local communities.
0: Right, managing it, securing, exactly. funds, securing for funds. for it, for it so it, that they protecting will be able it to by take building fence
1: to stop, you know, cattle grazing in or yeah. people going into for logging or looking for firewood. You know, these are the sort of things. And then the money generating from these, you know, areas of interest yeah. it will go back to the community. It's
0: a great idea. Yeah. Um so I really hope that after hearing this interview, everybody will support in some way and find out. Do you want to leave your contact inform- information and then we will end with that?
1: Yes, um but uh, people who are interested in funding can check on the Gambia Birders Association. We have a website and also you know it's a contact details there. But if not too, my personal email address is kimbarders at hotmail.com like K-I-N-G-B-I-R-D-E-R-S. At hotmail.com, but if not, you could check on the uh, Gambia Baruchas, you know Association website. all the contact details there. You know, you know, any little help will be very useful. Okay. Thank you.
0: So we want to thank Yaya Barry, president of the Gambia Birdwatchers Association for joining us for this interview. And I hope you all will follow through, check him out, check out the website, blessings.